live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 10 minutes after 8 on this Thursday morning, it is opening day for Major League Baseball. Your Milwaukee Brewers have a 121st pitch at Wrigley Field in Chicago this afternoon, so we'll be live with you from the broadcast at 1245 today. So that means Steve Scafidi gets his whole show in from 9 until noon. Yeah, I don't generally get any, any time off. That's a Wagner thing. He'll, he'll be doing a shortened version of the Wagner show this afternoon. Uh, don't complain to me about shortened versions unless we're playing in Tokyo anytime <laughs> soon. We don't, we don't usually get preempted on Wisconsin. I like doing the show, baseball. so for me, right, I need exactly. all the time. I need. I have to elaborate for three hours. Play it out. Uh, glad you're with me here up until nine o'clock. Greg Pancake Hill producing the program. I'm, I, I wanted to lead with this story that we kind of touched on earlier in the news. The uh, Federal Trade Commission is considering a change to how some 30 million American workers do business. They're considering eliminating what are called non-compete clauses, usually something in a contract or maybe even not necessarily a contract, but an agreement that you sign with your employer when you have a job that says, and they're, they're all written differently, but basically you can't be working here today and then go work for a competitor for maybe it's a length of time or for maybe... If this, then that. But basically, it prevents people from leaving their current employer and going across the street and doing the same thing for an assortment of reasons. And the Federal Trade Commission is considering not just not just eliminating them in the future, but banning them right now. So if you have a non-compete right now where you work, it would be basically null and void. And so I'm interested in what folks think about that on the Old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. And specifically, I'd love to hear from people who have non-competes or maybe you're an employer who relies on non-competes to support your business. I think that would be a different perspective. I'll just tell you as, as someone, Steve, who's had to sign my share of them, I didn't like it. And I thought in many ways, I understand where they come from. I understand why companies do it. But the manner in which it was presented was inherently unfair. And I think that's where the FTC is coming down. I'd like to see this rule in some way take effect. Yeah, I've never had one. So for me, it's it's not, at least I don't think I've ever, I had one contract when I started here, but I don't remember if there was a non-compete. There might have been. I'll have to look at it. If I you, still well, have you it. came under scripts, right? Yeah. Then so you, was there then one in there? Did. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I never really paid Unless much attention. Unless you're atten- a better negotiator than me. Yeah, I, I, to be possible. honest, I don't know, so I don't want to say. But as far as the general idea, I don't like them. Like, generally, when you go to another place, there's a couple of reasons. One, you've you've been unceremoniously removed from your current employment. Right, you got whacked. Or two, you're seeking more, more compensation. Right. So I guess the idea for me would be, so you're going to get in the way of that, of the individual's rights to pursue what's in their best interest, which is more money, more benefits, maybe a better job. I, I don't, what are you protecting? Especially in some fields. Like, well, let's talk about the one you were in, in television. What's the big deal? The argument there was, okay, we've brought you in and we've invested in you. We've put you on TV. We've promoted you. We've provided you this platform to grow into who you are. Yes, you have a personal identity, but also we've supported that identity. Were it not for us and the platform we provided for you, there is no you in the current sense. And for you to then take that investment and go immediately across the street is injurious to us and to our production. And therefore, um, pretty standard. I'm, 
don't want to speak out of school here, but pre- this is pretty standard across the board. Non-competes were a year. So basically, um, if you end at Channel 12 and you want to go work at Channel 6, you have to sit out a year. And folks actually reminded me, someone on the old National Bank Talk and Text line texted in this morning, remember when John Milan wore a bag on his head for a year? Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that because it's expensive to put a guy on the bench for a year. But back in the day when it was 4, 6, and 12, and that was about it doing local news, and you didn't have a phone and you didn't have the cable proliferation and all those things, it was worth it to bring over a heavy hitter like John Milan, big-time talent, to have him sit and wait out the non-compete. Yeah, I, I get all the, the competition, especially in local TV, especially when there was not much competition. But i, I got to go back to what you just said. You're talking about training, investment in training, and bringing someone up to speed to make them what they are when they have value beyond their current employer. What job doesn't have that? Any job you do, do you're, you're going to be you're going to learn the job. You're going to get experience. You're sure. going to learn skills you didn't have when you showed up the first day. I don't know. If we should be willy nilly protecting some people versus other people. I, I'm very much a person that says I don't begrudge people for making as much money as they can. If you can go across across the hall in, in some cases or across the streets to make more money doing the same thing, I'm not going to get in the way of that. That's that's just my take on it. There's some other reasons that companies use non-competes. Let me play you a quick piece here, Steve, and everyone listening. Uh, this is I talked to a friend of mine, Mike Grubich. She is president and partner at LAK Group. They're a local business consulting firm. So what they do is uh, you're a small business owner or a large business owner, whatever, and you use their services and you say, well, I'm having trouble getting people coming back into the workplace. How can you help me coach my employees? How can you coach me? So they do some coaching, some leadership training, all of those sort of things at LAK Group. But I talk with Mike uh, about this FTC rule change and the non-compete specifically. Bottom line news for them is that, A, hopefully you're in a, in a role that you really like. But if not, I think you're going to have a lot more flexibility in the future is what I estimate. The Federal Trade Commission is considering a rule that would void company non-competes and ban them in the future. These are legal documents that very often prevent an employee, even someone who's fired, from going to work at a competitor. Grubitz says there are legit reasons that companies do this. Because obviously they want to protect their important resources, and that's their people. But I I do just think, I think the government's been looking at it from a standpoint of, is it really putting people at a disadvantage if they're not able to go down the career path that they want to go down? No change has happened yet. ABC News reports the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is already threatening a lawsuit to block a potential change. But if you're in a hurry to get a new job, Grubitz suggests there still might be a way around a non-compete. People need to find jobs that they love to do. So don't let any of this restrict your your desire to go out and look and find something that you're passionate about, because generally there's a way to work around most of these things that is perfectly legitimate. And sometimes leave both sides happy. Vince Vetrano, WTMJ News. So again, my uh, friend Mike Grubich there, LAK Group in Brookfield. You know, So he did mention, and I think a couple of texters have already sent in, You know, a lot of times companies are looking to protect intellectual property. And I would certainly be open to some caveats here that if you're working on a very specific type of coding at Microsoft and Apple wants to steal all that information by hiring you, I would be open to still allowing some sort of things about that. You know a lot of our folks here who work in sales. They build a client base saying to people who work in that arena, well, you can't just rip the whole client base and steal all that business and move it over across the street. I would be open to some of those discussions. But these blanket non-competes that say, even if we fire you, you can't go work across the street. I've always felt that was that was unfair. And then folks will, will naturally come back, Steve, and say, well, why'd you sign it then? 
Well, what happens is when you work in a market like we do and everyone across the board has them, that, that's the deal. That's yeah. the deal that we got in that's front of That's what everybody else does. That's right. what you're going to do. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting debate. I, again, I'm not a fan of them. I understand even the intellectual property thing. There, there are ways to protect that other than having non-competes, right? You can have copyrights. You can have other mechanisms that would protect that intellectual property so, so non-compete would not be a factor in that. Look, this is a, this is a big conversation because it, it's, we're talking about marketplace, right? Build it to monetize yourself. Yeah. We're talking about people having more mobility, more power as workers. I would, I could actually see a scenario where there weren't any of these things. That's me. It may be coming soon. Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Let me bring uh, some callers in already here. John is with us in Port Washington. Good morning, John. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing well. What's your experience with this? Uh, I've actually been sued for a non-compete, and every lawyer I contacted in Milwaukee told me, let them sue you because it will not hold up in Wisconsin. The lawyer I ended up hiring wrote one letter to my former employer, and that was the end of my non-compete. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Good for you, John. You know, that, that's interesting, uh, and thanks for sharing that story. I had heard that as well. You know, uh, so these things very rarely stand up in court. And there are other markets where they don't even bother because they're like, oh, we know this has been litigated out and it's not going to stand up in court. The thing is, John must have been a, a super valuable person because what you have is very often that next employer doesn't want to mess with that, doesn't want to litigate it, doesn't want to risk getting sued and spend any money on lawyers to write that letter or to get engaged in that lawsuit. So even though maybe it wouldn't stand up in court, it has that chilling effect on the market because others are encouraged not to mess with it. So it's like this implied threat yes. versus actual meat yes. on the bone. Right. That's and interesting. Man, that's I called it I called it among, you know, like the among broadcasters, you know, like mutually assured destruction. <laughs> you start going and picking their people off, well they're going to pick your people off and then, you know, the gates are wide open. I, I know we got to get to break here, but I, I was thinking is there are there other examples besides John Milan? I can't think of any off the top of my head in in local media here that have like shuffled around and did they sit like he did because that was an extreme example. It's very rare. Hunt came over, Kevin Hunt, everybody. That's right. Yeah, him. Kevin he Hunt came yeah. over from 12 and I don't know how that worked. I don't recall him doing the bag on the head thing. So um Maybe lawyers got involved in that. I don't know. Um it's it but it's very rare for exactly this kind of reason. 855-616-1620, Old National Bank talk and text line. The FTC wants to ban non-competes. Taking your thoughts on that. I think it's a good idea. Back with more right after this. Eight twenty three on Wisconsin's morning news. The Old National Bank talk and text line is eight five five six one six one six twenty. Old National Bank, get old. Get some interesting calls and texts here on the issue of the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, Right now, they're in the public comment period, so ultimately a decision is forthcoming. There could be a lawsuit that follows it, but the FTC essentially wants to say for 30 million Americans, your non-competes are null and void, and we don't do that anymore. Non-competes preventing folks from leaving one job and going to a competitor, and very often you're kind of left with no choice, which is why I support the move. Kind of left with no choice if you want to work in a certain industry but for to sign these, which certainly are unfair to the worker, gives a lot, of, a lot more power to the employer. Uh, the non-compete does not give employers any incentive to treat their workers better. That, according to one texter, it basically says you have to take what I give you. You can't work in this industry for a certain length of time. Uh, like the reserve, it was kind of like the reserve clause in baseball. Happy opening day. Do you remember if it was just working at another TV station in the market or any media? 
No, so it was limited. So in, in my personal situation, you know, a competitor was defined as like somebody within our market. Right. So could I have gone to, sh- well, depends on geography, but generally they wouldn't, you know, disallow someone to go to a bigger market or whatever, um, or could go from, like I came from Green Bay to here and that was fine. Let me ask it this way. Do you think it inhibit, inhibited your career at all? It doesn't seem like it. I don't know. I mean, I was happy. And every negotiation that I went into, and I did my own stuff. A lot of folks at this level have um, have some sort of representation. They have an agent. I shopped around for some agents when I at least was looking at maybe going to some other market. I thought that I would need. But for here, I, I negotiated my own contracts. I never liked it, Steve. Like, I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. I do this here in front of the microphone. I don't negotiate contracts for a living. So right. you're at a disadvantage when you walk in sure. and sit across the desk they, with someone. More often than not, they're going to have a pretty high-priced yeah. attorney looking at you. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. have the power of the whole company, and I'm just a guy, right? But that was, you know, again, the choice that I made. But uh, what, what I recall about that was just feeling small because I'm one guy. And we weren't a unionized shop either, so it was just me negotiating this deal. And I'm in there trying to say, like, well, what about this? What about that? I'm like, here's the deal, man. I think so the, mar- I, the marketplace now is is mixed. Some places have yeah. them, some don't, in, in, even in Milwaukee. I was very happy at TMJ4 for all those years. I never signed a deal I didn't want to sign. So, you know, I, I negotiated in good faith with a number of different people there. And, it, you know, I can't argue with how things ended for me. So to, to your question of, you know, did it stunt my development or prevent me from doing anything I wanted to do? No, I was, I was where I wanted to be, but that was me, and it ultimately worked out. Uh, let me talk to uh, Dave. Dave is with us on the line this morning from Jackson. Morning, Dave. Morning. Um, I worked for a couple different companies in sales, and, I, and it was funny because the first time we were asked to sign these, we had all been with the company a while, and then they lost somebody who started a competitive company. Then all of a sudden they asked all the salesmen to sign these non-competes. We're all talking behind the scenes. It's like, no, we're not signing it. Nobody signed it. I mean, it was kind of interesting. Because you kind of formed your own like mini union, hey? Kind of, exactly. But but basically, what amounts to, especially in industry, when you have a non-compete, it means the company's not doing something right. They're either not competitive, they're not treating their employees well, whatever. And it's their futile attempt to try to hold on to business. Hmm. I, I, I like mean, that. that's the long and short of it. Yeah, and that was uh, thanks, Dave. That was uh, one of the perspectives of the, the texter is like if if you need to, if you need to force people to stay with you, you know. And again, I understand why certain industries it's really important when you're talking about intellectual property or talking about company trade secrets, things like that. And I and I would be open to continuing to allow some sort of an agreement that you have to have. I think that's fair of an employer to say there are things that are proprietary to what we do here that I can't have you go and share with other people. That's cool. But to say you can't go work there, to say you can't continue your livelihood somewhere else, I think that's where the FTC is stepping in here. Yeah, I'm a free market guy. So if, if you want me to be here, if you want me to stay here, don't want me to go somewhere else, then offer me the, the, the salary and benefits that will make that decision really easy for me. That's the marketplace, right? If you don't, if you're not happy and you try to get away with little or no compensation increase, little or no extra benefits, then I, I should be able to consider where I work. It's part of being an American citizen, right? Here's an interesting one on the flip side. My wife owns an establishment, uh, an established hair salon in northern Wisconsin. She takes employees right out of school. She invests three to five years in teaching them and everything they know and building them up with their clientele. She has a simple non-compete that says they can't do business in a seven-mile radius for 12 months. It's been challenged in court and held up twice. My wife doesn't make a lot of money. It's the only way that she can prevent people from attaining a significant amount of education and building a clientele 
and then walking with them right mm. out the door. Uh, that that resonates with me. I appreciate that. And you know, if not, maybe a well. That again, that's pretty limited. That just basically means you can't go across the street now right. and open your own thing. And that that's to my earlier point. Employers do invest in their people. If they're doing it right, they're going to give you training. They're going to give you things. Maybe if not a non-compete, I would also be open to if we've if if we've given you a certain amount of training, like we paid for your master's degree, as many companies do, or we paid for additional education and training, then you have to stay with us for an X amount of time. When you're done with that, go work where we want. Yeah, if there's a cash investment, like you just mentioned, like we paid for your grad school and you leave immediately after completing your grad grad school education, maybe some compensation back for that if you want to go somewhere. Maybe you can go, but we want some of our money back because we paid for that, and you left us immediately after you obtained it. That seems more fair than just a blanket non-compete clause. And here, just if folks are wondering, you know, our company, Good Karma Brands, that's not how they do business, so they've decided that, you know... (laughs) Steve and I could walk out the door and go work somewhere else today. Of course, we could also get whacked today. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how the rest of the show goes. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty-two on Wisconsin's Morning News. Going to get to the uh, bottom of the hour news headlines here in a moment. But uh, Steve and I took a little field trip together yesterday. That was fun, man. Not bad, right? Johnson and Brothers, but Bonnie Falls. You were right. Johnson and Sons Paving are celebrating ten years in business. So they're primarily asphalt. They do some concrete as well, and there's a chance that you've driven on their work somewhere. Here yeah, in South I mean East they do Wisconsin. a lot of uh, you know business parking lots. So you said. You said they weren't going to be mixing asphalt yesterday. Yep. And I said, nah, we'll, we'll get her going. You were right. <laughs> it's too cold. <laughs> it's got, they said it, it, it could be like close. six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Depends what the close. weather's going to be. And then, you know, the other thing that I, that I learned, and, you know, Steve and I went out to visit because we we're uh, trying to build a partnership with this great local company and uh, wanted to see what, what they do there, wanted to get a tour of the facility and all. And uh, what was fascinating to me is, you know, what their, what their season is kind of mirrors the baseball season, yeah. right? It has yeah. to be warm. Uh-huh. But in that time when when not just the guys who run the company, you know, Jeff and and Jason and, and it's Johnson and Sons. There are a lot of Johnson. They're not hurting for Johnsons over there. They got nephews over there. <laughs> oh, they, they got everybody. Yeah. Everybody's working. Mostly the, good, they said, all too. All the Johnsons yeah. are there. Most of them good. <laughs> there are a few. You, you know, that's what it is for me. It's the people that you that, that are creating these companies that that's the reason why they're great. Yeah. And you could, you, as soon as we walked in, you could tell that. So many Johnsons over there. Yeah. But what resonated with me is how hard they work in when, when they hit this season that you know, they were talking about guys working 75, 80 yeah. hour weeks because you got to get the work in and there's plenty of it to do and just a lot of respect for those guys. So I hope we uh, have a chance to visit out there again. They're going to put on a show when, when we're making when we're making asphalt. And thanks for the hospitality. They were amazing. And next time I get to drive a truck. No, <laughs> did we agree I on want, that I want to learn how to drive an excavator. That's my thing. No one wants to let me do that. I'll just stick with the truck. That's cool. <laughs> So this next piece of sound I played for you earlier this morning, but I know a lot of folks joined late here, and we've actually played it several months ago. You may remember. Do you know what this is about? This, my friends, was about fish. 
More specifically about fishing. More specifically than that, it was about competitive fishing. We got weights and fish! Get the f out of here! Get the f out of here! First guy. There we go, man. We got angry. weights and fish. Two guys last fall who stuffed lead weights and fish fillets into their catch in an effort to win a walleye tournament on Lake Erie. They did win until organizers cut the fish open and found out that Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky were big fat cheaters. Everybody, listen to me right now. Jake, I want you to leave. I don't want anybody to touch these guys. I want you to leave. Go to jail. <laughs> They're not quite going to jail, Steve. However, they were criminally charged and are now convicted. Runyon and Kaminsky were charged with a slew of crimes since they would have won nearly $30,000. Big in money in this stuff. Associated Press reporting they pleaded guilty to unlawful ownership of wild animals. Agreed to a three-year suspension of their fishing, fishing licenses. Kaminsky also agreeing to give up his $100,000 bass boat. And for the deal, charges of attempted grand theft and possessing criminal tools were dropped. So no jail time. They still have to be sentenced, but the prosecutor is recommending six months probation. Now, I, you're a fisherman. And have you fished competitively? Yeah, not not at this level, but the more informal. Thirty thousand dollars. No, no, no. Prize. But for prizes, yeah, we've yeah. done that stuff, and and we've never had this happen. But people are nuts with this stuff, and I've I've fished next to people that are involved in these kind of things. Yeah. One, they're the most impatient group ever. They move around a, a, a lot. You're trying to find a hot spot, yeah. but man, they take it seriously. You 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 take this guy's boat away, you might as well cut his legs off. That's that's what that means. <laughs> You're done. And and they're not going to be able to go to anything and get into a tournament, which for these guys is their life. That's yeah, their right. life's work. They love that. They're passionate about it. Fishing is crazy. Are these Wisconsin guys? No, these uh, I can't remember where they're based out of. The tournament was in Ohio, but they're like nationally known, so they would go all over the place. the The tournament was uh, on Lake Erie, and in this particular case, it was walleye. But uh, looking through the Twitter thread on some of this stuff, like. A lot of people who know and either compete or know how that all plays out said, oh, these guys have long been suspected of cheating. They would win everywhere they went. Yeah. And there they are posing with pictures of you know their, their catch, and guys are doing the math in their head. It's like, okay, that's about this long. How did it weigh so much? Fishermen know. You yeah, know right. when they see the size, they know ex- kind of almost exactly what it should weigh. And, and and once they caught on, that's probably why they sliced this thing open and said something's not right here. Well, why did it take them so long? Like these things were weighing a lot. Well, you don't want to you don't want to challenge somebody if you don't have the evidence. But at some point, you you, you put two and two together in your head. And I'll, I can tell you, these people are very serious about what they do. From the dress, the clothes they wear, all logoed up clearly, to the boats they use on the lakes and streams and rivers and all that stuff, they are all in. This is like NASCAR on water. And they are very competitive. So somebody does something like this, yeah, they're gonna, they would have beat the crap out of them if they well, would have been allowed to. That's why the one guy. I don't want no. anybody to touch these guys. Like we want to, we want to like file complaints here. We want to have all the like. Don't go just beat these guys yeah, up. Yeah, this is where vigilante <laughs> justice is going to come into play. Well, you think that might have played out here at all? <laughs> we got weights and fish. Get the f- out of here, man. I don't want to mess with that guy. <laughs> I, I. <laughs> See, I go back and forth between who my favorite voice is in this. There's first, so what what you're seeing there is they cut the belly open of this walleye and they start pulling out lead weights and these frozen fillets. They're not so frozen anymore after being in the fish's guts for a while. (laughs) But they're pulling it out. And then you hear the first guy, we got weights and fish. (laughs) So he's, I mean, a front runner for favorite guy in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
but also the immediate guy. Wait, here, where, where's this guy? We got weights and fish. There he is. There we go. Get the, the, go. Get the I don't know if you've ever been around any of this stuff, but when when the people start mixing it up in this kind of a setting, <laughs> alcohol may or may not be involved. There we go. And on top of that, a lot of money in these cases. Yeah. There's going to be some high tension, high drama, and this almost played out that way. I mean, the only thing that I really compete in, I, I compete in tennis, I, I guess, but that's league stuff. And, and, you know, at the end of the year, like the winning team gets a shirt. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. the prize structure is not there. what we're talking about here. You and I have both played competitive golf yep. to a point where, again, you're playing for $50 in pro shop credit. So I need, an, I need another <laughs> golf shirt like I need a hole in the head, right? right. So <laughs> in those cases, it's about pride, not about $30,000. But still, I can't imagine. Like if, okay, if they find out you were juicing your handicap or something like that, or you mean like Aaron Rodgers, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> or if you, you know, if it if you got exposed putting down a four instead of a six, that was enough to right, win the tournament. Right. I just can't imagine that this is the reaction. We got weights and fish. Get the f- out of here. <laughs> Check his scorecard. Right. That was no six. That was a four. That was I an got eight. I I got him. There we go. Yeah, and that wouldn't happen. You, Big fat cheat. You might yell each, yell at each other at the end of it. You're shaking hands. What's with cheating, though? Aren't you surprised? No. I, Seriously? I'm surprised all the time. And I hear it about, uh, you know, golf in high school. I know some people who are involved, you know, in the management level, if you will, of high school sports. I'll leave it at that. And I had a person tell me once, you'd be surprised how rampant cheating is in golf in high school because you know that's one of those how are you going to cheat in basketball in high school like you have referees all over the place golf you know it's a largely the honor system i played tennis where you call your own lines you know so yeah. you and i are playing i got to call your ball out there's no other way to do it you're not going to have lines officials everywhere and you'd have people that you know we call it hooking this guy's hooking me all day you know little stuff like that but the worst is like i, I play in a lot of uh you know Saturday golf things, you know, the the scrambles and stuff. And we know we know that people are cheating. There's no prize. What are you what are you doing? Like why are you cheating? Why would you feel good about that? Exactly. There's no way you were minus twenty four or whatever you it's like that's not even possible. <laughs> right. Without cheating. So stop doing that. But there's no prize yet. They still do it. So what's with cheating? I don't know. People have no sense of uh right and wrong. Maybe that leads to some of the other things we talk about on this show. And at eight forty five on the old National Bank talk and text line, no Sean Went was not involved in this in any way. <laughs> 849 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. Steve Scafidi in with Vince Vetrano here until 9 o'clock. Only one more day of this exciting hour of Milwaukee Radio. I'm going to miss it. It's been good having you. You and I, have good, we have good conversations. Here's what I've, my takeaway is. I have realized that when you and, and Eric are teeing it up at the 8 o'clock hour, I might jump in every once in a while. If I, if, I've done it before on, on a very okay. selective basis. You were, you were big time in, at one day, and I had to jump in because it was, it was all about you, and I had, to, I had to knock you down a notch. This was about six months ago. <laughs> I'm glad, I think. glad you've taken that as one of your responsibilities <laughs> and duties here. I'm yes. just teasing you. Uh, I, I'll share this because you and I both uh, – 
have a relationship with Steve Wexler, whom a lot of folks know. Uh, you've heard him on the air. Sometimes he's filled in from time to time. And yeah. He does the the, uh, the hired show here on the weekends. And Wex was for a long time our boss, and now still remains um, in a consulting role with us. And we work with him on you know things that we'd like to hear on the show, things we could do better, all that stuff. So I, I look at him as a coach now. But mm-hmm. we're in one of these sessions, Wex and I. We were talking about. A story that I had told on the air, Steve, and it involved my childhood and me riding around on a bike. And, you know, he had complimented me. So, they, you know, you really shared some some really interesting details on that. And so, you know, he likes to talk about dazzling details. Yes. So it was full of dazzling details. So we had had that conversation. And then later, offline, so hours later, I'm out or whatever, and, and he and I were texting about another matter. And he sent me this text Forgot to ask you a very important question. What brand of shoes were you wearing? So I thought, well, that was interesting to wonder about. I guess I didn't share anything about my shoes. That wasn't really the point of the story, but I don't know. So I said, likely Converse before I became a Nike loyalist in the Jordan era. So I thought that was that. I was probably wearing Converse. But he didn't send back a laugh emoji or anything <laughs> like that. He texted back. They looked suede. <laughs> Beige hush puppies. Seriously, they weren't sneakers. Curious. I'm like, well, it's my memory, huh? <laughs> I'm not trying to BS you here. I just he's trying to fine tune your your memory. So then I thought he was like saying, no, no, you should have been more descriptive about the shoes, and I kind of envisioned it that way. So I'm like, okay, well, I was, you know, I was really distracted at the time too. We were just about to go in. My kids were in the musical at the high school, and I was kind of working a booth and doing a little this and that. But you know, he's wax, so I want to text him back in the time, but I was a little bit distracted. So I said, Hey, listen, I'm at this thing. Um, and I said, as for the sneakers, something like this. And that this time, Steve, I sent him a picture. Okay. I pulled a picture of some old Converse, you know, from the 1980s. And like, this is, this is what I'm, I'm thinking. I probably was wearing something like that. Not the end of the conversation via the text. Hmm. Now he texts back, good luck with the musical, and no, they weren't sneakers. They were beige brushed suede type <laughs> shoe. Really? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> then he says, also, what is the musical? So I text back a little bit of something. We were doing Footloose, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, I was done talking about the shoes. Like, I just didn't mention anything. He finally texts back again. Have fun. Still need to know about, again, with the shoes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what this man wants me to tell him. It's my childhood memory. Yeah. So you know what it was? I saw him then, finally. And I'm like, hey, you know, with the shoes. like, And he goes, he was kind of, he wasn't mad, but he was kind of like trying to understand like, Hey, like, what was your problem with that? And I'm like, what was your problem with that? He was, I just wanted to know they were like a brown shoe or whatever. Did he like the shoes? He liked them and he wanted to know more about them. You know what he was asking me about? The shoes I was wearing at the meeting. Oh (laughs) man. That's a classic example of miscommunication. And we could have cleared that up. I'm sure if we were in person or if we called, he was talking about what shoes I was actually wearing. Got it. Not the memory. So we both had a good laugh. That's funny, man. That's, that's the classic <laughs> that. email thing. Right? I don't know what the heck you're talking Why do you keep asking me about this? Right. And he's over there thinking like, geez, why does he have to be coy? I just want to know what kind of shoes he Why is Vince such a hothead? Right. What about shoes? Just tell me what kind of shoes you're wearing. Rockports, by the way. Yeah. Which I also The saddle have. shoes. They're yeah, really nice. I also have some. Kind of old timey. I, You know, I, this is a weird thing to admit. So I just, I, I like to do a, a closet clean. My wife and I have separate yeah. walk-in closets now. Which, As you should. Yeah, well, there's only two people in a big house, so what are you going to do? So I, I thought, man, I maybe have like five pairs of shoes. You know how many pairs of shoes I have in good condition? Hmm. 22. That's too many shoes for a, for a dude. Yeah, that is. I had shoes that were still in the box when I bought them. 
Like, I'm not buying shoes for a couple of years. There you go. Or time to donate a few, okay? If you're, if you're well, not shoes, wearing them. Donating shoes is a weird thing, isn't it? Well, you can. Um, Means are in see. good condition. Stands fit for your feet. They do a shoe drive every year. Soles for soles. Some of them go overseas to, you know, uh, nations where, like, people are really in need of that. Some of them stay local as well. But why do there I have go. 22 pairs of shoes? That's, I, that's a question. I, I thought five or six. But, you know, you, you get the closet and you kind of hide. The, you got racks for stuff. You hide it. And then you, all of a sudden you got well, 22. A lot of them are, are they golf shoes? Uh, oh, you pair. didn't even you didn't even count the golf shoes. Not even count. I have two <laughs> pairs of golf shoes. Eight fifty five on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ W two seven seven CV and WKTI HD two Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. <laughs> Fifty-eight on Wisconsin's Morning News. Steve Scavidi is going to take the wheel here for the next three hours, and then we got Brewers baseball broadcast time twelve forty-five today for a one twenty-first pitch with it's temperatures exciting. in the mid forties in Chicago. Yeah, remember when we have to deal with that? You yes. have to deal with that at County Stadium. Ooh, that was not fun, but we all showed up. The uh, remember as a kid, remember the old Sports Service foam cups, <laughs> oh, yeah. the red and blue, right. right? And you'd get this sort of lukewarm at best hot chocolate. And that was going to keep you warm? <laughs> not, we not drank so much beer at those opening days. Because I went for <laughs> years in, our, in you know, high school, college, and we almost so much beer we drank. Well, and you know what's funny about opening day back in the day with County Stadium with the crummy weather and actually for a number of years some pretty crummy baseball. Opening day would sell out, right? It'd be this huge party. It'd be about four to 8,000 the, the next, next day. Yeah. <laughs> the very next day. Every year <laughs> was like that. But God bless them, man. They, they've been hanging in there for, what, 50-plus years. Maybe this is the year. I feel good about our team this year. The pitching's I do, outstanding. I often do, so. We'll see. I think, you know, with our pitchers, many of them under contract yes. for, what, a year or two more? This is kind of when you have to get, the, Let's get go. it done. Other than, after that, it's going to be a little bit tougher. All right, Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.